Hey, mellow greetings. Hello, hello. Sounds so much better when he says it. Hey, um, so I'm thinking today we should be doing a podcast on how to help people do a whole bunch of things. And the problem is that yeah. since we don't have a um, whole lot of ideas. I did send out an email to everybody going, hey. Which I thought was brilliant. Oh, thank you very much. I will take credit for that. Being a Z list celebrity, that's oops. See, I'm climbing my way up into the alphabet. Only 25 more rungs to climb, scratch and claw <laughs> my way up. So everybody else, welcome to Easy Tarot Lessons, and uh, this is all based on the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. I am your host, Dusty White. This is my hostess extraordinaire, hostess with the mostest, uh, Becky from. England? We can't really say London, can we? Because you're like, kind of like out somewhere in the wilds. Um, if I oh my god, do you live in the swamps? No. If I was able to throw really, really well, I'm about a stone's throw. I mean, put it this way, on New Year's Eve, I was watching the New Year's Eve fireworks on the TV, and then if you look out the front window of where I live, you can see them a couple of miles away in the distance. So I'm not that far. I'm London-ish. That's kind of cool. I uh, was ignoring the fireworks, and then I said, you know what? I should go out and just meditate in the forest. And so I was doing that, and I heard explosions. And I'm like, screw that. I'm getting my car. So I drove, you know, just about how far I was away. <laughs> and so I drove over this hill and saw the very last firework several miles away in Santa Cruz. So I think in that in that moment, we were simpatico. It's like, yeah, over there somewhere. So I think mm -hmm. we live about the same way, same amount away from uh, civilization, so to speak. Yeah. So um, I had uh, Ish came up with um, a really good question. I went to uh, do a lesson with her next week and then see if I can call some of the ideas and um, bring them here for, for our next podcast. And she said, um, grr, um, how to get uh, more clients. And we've kind of done that. I mean, anybody, first thing I want everybody listening, make a mental note or write down. Go to, I don't know, Podomatic, iTunes. Uh, I, actually, probably the best one is go to easytarolessons.libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N. It, it, it's easy to find, Libsyn. Um, but go to there. And just scroll through the most recent episodes. You shouldn't get past page two before you see uh, a series that Becky, you and I did about how to how to get more clients, how to make real money as a as a reader. Do you remember that? Yes. I was a couple months ago. So there's a good base, and uh, I was stunned at how much we've done for manifestation just. Oh, just in the last couple of months, because I was like, ah, let's do another manifestation one. And I was looking at it going, God, we run that well dry. I mean, certainly there's tons and tons more to learn, and that's stuff I saved for the course. But, uh, I mean, for what I'm giving away for free, we got a lot of really good stuff. People get themselves in a jam. It's like, hey, get yourself a – first, get yourself an iPad or something you can play these MP3s on. Then, listen, learn, practice, and – Manifest your troubles away. Um, so if you're in a jam, anybody, you know, especially uh, beginning of 2016, please go back um, and uh, just type in Easy Carol Lessons and uh, podcast. And depending on which platform you like, 
they're all there. You'll you'll be able to listen to them. But uh, scroll through some of our last ones and pick out the ones you like. They're very, very helpful in that sense. Today, uh, I wanted to touch a little bit on some stuff on manifestation and using brainstorming with the tarot to, um, you know, to make it 2016 a better year. But I wanted to touch on this thing that Ish said about getting more clients because it started me thinking. Um, I really like the idea of double duty where you're working your first 100 clients um you know i'm always saying before you even start thinking of charging a dime do 100 real readings free like oh i pulled a card for this person or or i just you know had my client shuffle some cards and throw them down and then i kind of looked over at them like i like you're reading their sprite going oh that's what you think i mean give 100 really good solid readings celtic cross roundabout uh, you know, any, yeah, i keep mentioning those but those are really good spreads any any of the decent spreads um and you know you spend like 20 30 40 minutes with people so let's put a lot of energy into giving 100 really high quality readings before you hang up a shingle and start charging because even at a dollar a minute that's 60 bucks an hour and that's cash money that's uh that's not a bad little uh what is it bad little hourly rate for people who haven't you know gone to uh, uh well hopefully you've gone to my vocational school but even if you haven't um, that's not a bad little rate you know, fresh out the door. And and that's pretty much what the average is. So the point that uh, I was getting at was how to go about getting clients. And so the next time we get together, uh, this thing with Ish goes through, uh, you know, just a matter of timing, we have our lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to use her as a guinea pig to take all of my various ideas. And, and she and I will spend like two or three hours together. I'll just fill her head with stuff. So I'll take the best of that, and I'd like to sit down with you and get your input, and just like a 30, 45-minute uh, primer for everybody else, you know, free lesson, on how to tie in um, your free readings, how to how to cherry-pick. Now, again, I want you to go out and read for everybody who needs it. I'm not saying be a capitalistic big dog, but, you know, sprinkled into those 100 readings, there's no reason why you can't pick them. Um, there's a corporate term. I think it's called sneezers or somebody. People that when they do something, it's contagious. You know. Oh. Do, do you know what I mean? I. Stupid. I, I can't think of the damn term. But the idea. Well, it's like if you if you ever played the yawn game on the train. Where no, I haven't. Can, tell. We used oh, we used to do it as teenagers. <laughs> you know how contagious yawns are. Yes. So one one of us would sort of pretend to yawn, and you the literally the trick was to see how far you could get it to go down the carriage. Yay. So it works best Yay. kind of in rush hour. Very very childish. <laughs> and I'd like to say at the age of forty I've outgrown it, but I have been known on the odd night out on the way home to play it as well. So yes, different to the context it would be in business, but it's like the yawn game. It's contagious, and it wow. spreads. You're like a character straight out of a clockwork orange, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just a little ultra hooligan. <laughs> yeah, in in my kind of completely safe way of making people yawn. <laughs> yes, I will put you to sleep. So, well, I I just do that by talking, but what I'm uh hoping is that next week for anybody who you know has the patience to get, get through this and to that 
um, you know, gather your friends around and take notes. I'm going to see if we can show you how to, without going out of your way and out having to buy a whole bunch of advertisement, and whatever, how to build the power of word of mouth so that even while you're developing your craft, um, you are building a list of clients. And here's my premise, Becky, I'll ask you this. Yes. Forget everything you know about tarot, okay? Mm-hmm. What if you could have your own personal psychic? I mean, let's say you have a real, bona fide, certified, you know, skilled reader, except they were super affordable. But this was your psychic, just like you were a politician or a millionaire or a, or a Beverly Hills, uh, you know, celebrity. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to have you as something? Well, my psychic says... Mm. I think everyone would want their own personal psychic. Right. So this is what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking if we cherry pick, let's say, 20 or 30 of your most preferred clients out of your 100 readings, or, or you know, you did your 100 readings, do another 100 more. But get out there and, you know, do good for the world, do the Lord's work, go out there and help people with your skills but I'd like to show you guys how to just happen to be in the right place for the right people who would really appreciate and respect what you do. And by you giving them a, a decent little rate, you, um, you know, you read for them. And I don't mean like on a daily, weekly basis. I mean, we're not talking about like creating psychic junkies or anything. But uh, but just being, you know, a vizier or a counselor, being a, a spiritual guide. And again, if you're making uh, what's a quid? Is, it, uh, is that an Australian thing? No, it's an English thing. It's a slang name for you know how you'd call a dollar or a buck. Yeah, we'd call yeah. a pound a quid. Good, because it popped in my head. and I was like, oh, I better ask her first before I go flapping my gums. So, look, let's say you're only making 400 a quid. Uh, 400 a quid. Yeah, see, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I'd say you're only pulling down 400 quid a month on that. It's like, oh, fine. It's not like you're going to retire off it. But um, what is that, like almost uh, 5,000 pounds a year? Not, it's not so much the extra income as much as you are literally supporting yourself as a professional reader. You can always raise your rates. And that's not even uh, counting things like tips. But just being able to do that, just being able to start off with a, uh, a reasonable, decent rate, working in volume, maybe you have 10, 20 clients, um, and you are just really working your butt off for them. You know, I want sweat pouring down your, at the end of your reading. I go, no, I'm horrible. I gotta, I'm, I'm covered in sweat because I worked so hard. And they're like, oh, my God, Becky, you're the best person ever on because you know they're going to run around saving well, my broker's E.F. Hutton. Well, screw that. My psychic, Becky, says, and then you know, <laughs> stops. It's like, how can you afford your own professional reader, counselor, blah, blah, blah? It's like, well, you have to know these things when you're a king. So um, that's that's where I'd like to go with. And, uh, and cross my fingers, hopefully, if not the next podcast within the next two – I'm going to shoot for the next one, see if I am, and come back with, um, like, actionable things that you can do. 
not just talk about how great it would be because you know how I feel about that. All right, so for today, oh, did you have any questions, Becky? No, just more a comment because while you were talking and thinking back over all the podcasts we've done, funny enough, I think this is one angle you haven't covered. We've done, we've covered, you know, the groundwork, how you give good readings, how you give exceptional readings readings how you don't give bad readings but this this one's really really good because when you've got people kind of applying all these techniques it's almost kind of well I've done this I'm prepared I'm ready now what and this would really really help with the next stage so as I say it's more just comment that I think this is a really really important um podcast to do so I'll wait for um you to have had your lesson with Ish and then I'll nag so I think it's I think it's a really really good one to do so as I say more a comment than a question no absolutely and if you have any ideas or things you want to throw out there definitely you know we got a week's notice um throw mm -hmm. them out there even if it's uh questions ideas suggestions uh because yeah again this isn't so much that well it isn't at all actually the, the dusty show this is the how can we get this information in people's skulls and get it to stick show. So, um, oh, so with that in mind, we do have a, I got a stack of papers here, like allegedly they're tarot podcast ideas. And I think, yeah, podcast with Becky. Oh my God, this document's old. Well, you know, if it's written down, I don't want to look at it because um, obviously it's old. Well, while you're having a quick look, mm -hmm. can I just give you a quick manifestation update? Oh, please. Oh, um, by the way, if you can't make it on Saturday, definitely give us a good thorough update now because people on Saturday have been asking about, you know, we want Becky to show us how to manifest. Well, yeah, well I was just I'm thinking right off the off the basis of the fact that kind of the last um, – podcast we did sort of in the run-up to the new year on manifestation and obviously um I sort of set my major manifestation goal for this year um primarily my pro my prime and sole manifestation goal at the moment is financial freedom and we were talking it through in the podcast and obviously jumped straight from the kind of problem solving it actually into the manifestation and obviously you taught the techniques through with the spreads and just with a quick update um in the kind of podcast with you because it sort of ended up being more verbal brainstorming was obviously the work angle and in the nine days and including a few public holidays in that and a day's leave um the first kind of I like it because it tends to happen when you um do a manifestation you almost kind of get that little tiny nudge that tells you you're going in the right direction so the first thing was a very um unexpected check in the mail from my godmother who doesn't Yay. do presents anymore which is fine I'm a big ugly grown-up now and it was just literally very sweet little note in the Christmas card with a check which made life a little bit easier so that was kind of number one but then with the work bit the bit that got me really excited is I then had someone who I've loosely met through meetings not connected to my job literally come into the office and say we've seen a huge potential in you I've spoken to your kind of top boss we want to take you in a whole different direction which is the potential to take me a lot higher and financially a lot higher um I'm a little bit cynical and she said no we want it to happen now so I've had a huge project land on my desk which is essentially show us what you're made of and then there is a role for you at the end of 
this. So that door has opened. Um, and then the other thing that happened um, work wise, a colleague I used to work with who I haven't seen oh, for about three months since they left and haven't spoken, emailed me today and because they've moved to a different hospital and said this job's come up. It would be absolutely perfect for you. I, I could do the job in sleep. So um, I've put the application in. So just as a little update for people. This is a big manifestation for me. It's coming from a point of kind of anyone who's read Napoleon's Hill, Hills, Think and Grow Rich. I am the little girl stamping my feet in the mill at the moment because, like I said, I'm How are my sense? Well, it is. Yes. And I'm sick to death of living hand to mouth. But it's a big manifestation. I'm looking at this as kind of right. Let's see what I can do in 2016. But in case people doubt this is what's happened after nine days and it was primarily work-based we did discuss other ideas but that was the focus and it was primarily work-based and in those kind of nine ten days I had the unexpected check in the post I've had somebody come in who I hadn't even known had been talking about me kind of in higher circles and said right we think you're wasted with what you're doing now. We want to give you this opportunity. So opportunity one, number one's landed on my lap. And then someone else I haven't spoken to for a couple of months has just emailed me and said, jobs come up. It would be perfect for you. Higher band than I'm on now, more money and, 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 and. So it was more my kind of update. This is a work in progress and this is the first couple of steps. But if this is how the manifestations kind of already starting to work kind of four days into yes. 2016, when we do the recap at the end of the year, I expect to be telling people an awful lot more. But I had to tell you, and if people have followed that podcast, I, I'm i not one of those people that could listen to something and go, oh, yeah, that's great. I want to see the kind of what happens and the proof and kind of, yeah, well, this yeah. all sounds really good, but does it work? So I wanted to tell you, because a big part of it is thank you, because you were kind of taking me through that process. But also it was just to let you and anyone who listened to that podcast know this is what's happening already. And without a huge amount of effort from me, apart from applying myself to the manifestation process, doing my spreads, pinning them up. Like I said, I use the miniature deck, which I've got um, a photocopy stuck up behind my desk at work. So I've got the kind of visual there all the time. And I've got it up in my wardrobe at home. So it's sort of the first thing I see when I get up in the morning and the last thing at night. But yes, I just had to give you and anyone who'd followed that podcast an update because even me knowing how manifestation works still has that. Oh, my God, this is so cool when it kind of when it clicks that well and in ways that I hadn't thought of. So it was just that was my update. And I had to let you know, because it's amazed me yet again how it works when you actually sort of put your mind to it and put the effort in well i'm i love these updates i totally agree with you on stories that are too distant you know back in my day not 1906 i used to be living out of my car now i'm worth 10 hundred billion dollars and you can mm -hmm. do it too you know it's like eh. I really like to see things that are in progress. I'm I'm actually much more impressed with baby steps 
of something that's recent or ongoing than I am with some big, huge, blown-out thing that, oh, this happened like last year, and uh, don't have any really proof of it. I mean, you just have to take my word for it. So this yeah. is really cool. I mean, anybody who's, you know, even listening to this, what is like the uh, first part of January uh, 2016, hell, even if it's in March that somebody listens to this, uh, this is here and now, and then by the time they, they get around to the stuff recording in March, I'm like, oh, hey, so, wow, she fell flat on her face. That stuff doesn't work, or, you know, who knows? Yeah. By the time we hit March, I'm telling you now, I'll be in a new job and there will be more pounds in my pocket. So I'm telling you that one for nothing. Um, And again, if if sheer force, if I do it through sheer force of will, it will happen. But just to sort of like you say, with updating people and I am a real person and I do have a real life. And it's not like you email me once a week with a script and say Becky read this out and sound believable you know oh, this know. is a real life yeah here's no script can you guys please get a script or at least some bullet notes uh, well we might go slightly off slightly off tangent but the thing is I'm so excited about this this is where an awful lot of words are going to come out of my mouth and it is something I'm very passionate about and it's something that I want every single person on the planet to know how to do um because it makes such changes and I'm a real human being with a real life and real problems it's just where I'm lucky is I've learned and been taught and well I have to say techniques that I can use to dig myself out of it and because I've hit the point where or hit I had hit the point where I was like enough is enough I've got two choices. I either sit there and whinge or I think, actually, I know how to do this and apply the effort. And it's just to let people know what's happened in nine days. And this is a big manifestation. This isn't an overnight one, but things are already starting to pop up faster than even I would have. But I kind of lie. Okay, this is how it works, and you know, go with it. But yeah, I just I had to, I had to update everyone, so I'll shut up now. But I was quite excited about kind of sharing that little bit of progress. Okay, hold on one second. Um, just before I get all the emails, yes, I know Becky's voice keeps cutting out. It's uh, your tax dollars at work. It's an internet thing. It's uh, I blame Skype, but I don't think it's necessarily the software. I just think it's the bandwidth. Um, whoever's in charge are imperious overlords and so I understand her voice cuts out and I apologize and we are working on that but you know Mongo only pawn in game of life so there's only so much we can do um, but I will ask her to repeat stuff when it's super important and, she, and her voice cuts out um, Becky you couldn't tell that but um, you know I'm feeling emails on that so just letting you know okay. letting them know. Um, but no what Oh, my God, you see so many interesting things. Okay, first off, I'm going to grab that microphone from you. First off, if you guys are going, what, 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 go back and listen to the old episodes. Not only do we teach you manifestation, matter of fact, you don't have to listen to all of them. So, you know, go to, here, I've got it right up here, easyterlessons.libsyn, libsyn.com, bam. So you go there, you scroll down, like, through the pages, and just look at the high uh, the headlines, and then, you know, everyone that says, here's how to manifest, here's how to make shit happen, here's how to do this. Whenever you see a headline in, what is that, pink, whatever, um, there's some text in black down below that describe, you know, roughly what we were talking about, or at least best I can remember by the time I finally typed it up. Um, so you can get an idea, you can just go through and cherry pick, again, there's that term for like third time today, 
pick out those and not only watch Becky's progress, but take the lessons that we're giving away for free that show you how to do this. So Becky is just like one of many, many examples. Um, one of my favorite people to talk to. It's that damned accent. Um, or as you might say, it's that damned accent. Like, what? I don't have an accent. I speak very, I, I speak good. So there is that. If you guys need, uh, not I, proof. We already got proof. We don't, you know, we don't need to show you proof. We are living proof. We're just fine by ourselves. If you need proof, get it yourself. That's what I want you to do. Go listen to it try it out yourself your results will be your own if you have problems or questions email me if you really want to learn this stuff hey i got a course it's a dollar a month um, for the first month after that it's uh, like ten dollars a week um, still stupidly cheap um go to easyterrorlessons.com and you get all kinds of details on that okay that's out of the way now furthermore though um because two more points here uh becky inadvertently or, or advertently, possibly, you said, or you and well, I know what you said, but what uh, what uh, struck me was um, you came about this realization organically that it wasn't about motivational speeches or picking yourself up by the bridges. It, you were just forced into a position of this is unacceptable. However you phrased it, it was like, no, I can't continue to go this way or I won't go to this way. It was that act of putting your foot down uh, psychically and psychologically that is such a huge trigger. It's not just about, oh, boy, let's all feel good about ourselves. This is really one of the concrete steps where you we stop the hemorrhaging of uh, years and resources being bled away and you start demanding and you remember me screaming and yelling about faith demand, faith demands, mm -hmm. and God hates beggars. You know, please, please, you know, because because begging equals doubt, and that uh, you know wh whatever God you pray to, I want you to get up in that Joker's face and and say, I believe you're going to do this for me, and I'm going to do my best to be a good person, and you know some other stuff, but I need some help down here, and you're going to give it to me. That's faith, not like. Well, if you can spare some time, because if if whatever God you believe in is omnipotent, then if you doubt, you're saying that, A, this God doesn't care about you, or this God can't do it. Ooh, I wouldn't want to meet God and say, yeah, you can't do that. Because, you know, you can't do reverse psychology with a dude who, like, knows everything. Just look at you and go, yeah. really? Really? <laughs> what <are> you? <laughs> do I look like a clown? Like, I'm here to amuse you? Okay, and then the other thing, because uh, I've been holding on to it, I'm like, ah, you said, um, I'm so glad I didn't lose this. Uh, you said it all started coming at once, and, and um, I have to go back to Napoleon Hill, which, again, is not specifically a book on magic, but it really is. And I'm not just here to repeat everything he said, but I'm here to show you. I, I translate Napoleon Hill into English, um, or, you know, bad English, or whatever language I happen to be muttering or mangling at the moment um he did write in there something that <sighs> I, it took me 20 30 years to figure out i guess i read that stupid book as a kid and then i read it again and i read it again I, I really actually need to read it again and i'm talking about the original og version not anything that's a, if you get a reprint of the og version yes 
Generally, the, the hardcover will be uh, like a burgundy or this paperback. The one that, that's really good that I like is a thin, um, thin white paperback with green and letters and gold yeah. highlighting. Um, it is it's like Dell or Penguin or whatever. But the thing is, make sure you're reading the original unabridged, unscrewed with, not modernized version because they just they destroyed it. No thing can grow work work. No thing can grow rich workbooks, just the old thing. I know the uh, language is archaic, but just get through it. It's like reading the Bible. It's either that's or oh, no, you got you know, if you're going to read that, you got to read the thing. So he says in that book that when riches come, and I'm going to do my best to, to say exactly what he said, to quote him, I suppose that's what you call it, but I'll end up paraphrasing. But he said something to the effect of when riches come, they will come in such abundance that you wonder where they've been hiding all of this time. And, and all I could imagine is like a waterfall, almost like a Daffy Duck cartoon, you know, like, I'm rich, I'm happy, um, where like oh, just a waterfall of golden coins are just being dumped on you. It's like, what, what the hell? And literally, this is what you're describing right now, because over the last couple of months, maybe a year, you've been doing well. I mean, you're, you're not hurting, but you took your eye off the ball. We, you know, we helped you get a car, helped you get a job, helped you get to a nice, comfortable level. But remember what I said about distraction is the enemy. You kind of yeah. got comfortable and complacent. And I'm not in any way blaming you for anything. I'm just saying that uh, as far as your, let's say, uh, financial manifestations, you kind of let that slide. And, um, well, manifestations aren't just a one-off deal you, you know sometimes they they need to be greased every once in a while it's like hey look i got an engine now well you're gonna keep adding oil not just gasoline because the parts need to be lubricated in that same way your manifestation from you know two and even three years ago needed a real kick in the ass so all of the work that you'd already done was kind of like sitting in the bank but it was not really collecting interest and her account was in danger of being closed for due to inactivity. And then you came in and, you know, you said, hey, this is what I need. And because your mad, crazy skills that you've developed. Um, and remember that the last time we talked, I because I, I, I was looking at it. Uh, matter of fact, I think it's right here. I, I wrote, uh, oh, poo, I have to find it here. Uh, I wrote, this isn't very entertaining. Um, hmm. uh, you remember that? Uh, I hope so. Let's see. If, sorry, everybody. Like, oh, this isn't very. Uh, yeah, how to manifest a great 2016. And uh, scroll up to the top of the page here, and it said, blah blah blah. I help Becky start the process, starting the process of manifesting exactly what she wants in 2016. And then it says right there in black and white. This well, kind of a dark gray. God, do I have to be so OCD? Sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> this isn't the most entertaining episode, but the value of what you learn here is priceless. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but wow, I was prescient. I, I don't know if I could fight through listening to that two or three times, but the information contained in that episode is exactly what we're talking about here. We we kind of slowed you down. If I Now, I'm going off of memory, but... Um, Seemed like it was kind of gritty there for a while, where we were trying to get at the core of what you wanted. 
and and more brainstorming it where it felt to me like we were brainstorming to prepare for a manifestation not doing the big rah 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 and lighting candles and putting on uh, you know funny robes is my memory correct is that how it worked went worked went yeah because it was more you saying i think the reason it probably wasn't the most entertaining and one of those episodes where kind of you and I are laughing and bouncing off of each other is it kind of hits the hardcore and the serious which is what that one was and it was almost kind of I think I'd have made it a lot easier for you if you'd said let's do a podcast of manifestation and I'd said okay I want I don't know a new pair of shoes we could have probably done that a lot easier but it, it ended up being something that was kind of very very significant in my life which is probably where the tone changed slightly but yes it definitely was because it was essentially me saying to you I want some financial freedom I'm done with living the way I'm living at the moment so it was more me going but I have no idea what to do I and think that's, that's how I think it that's kind of really got under my skin um, yeah I want everybody to be able to have a, a little side business you know if, if they're into that some people just aren't but you know so i'm not like saying everybody should just like when i say everybody should write a book and where's the catharsis yes but i don't think that they necessarily need to go out and pedal them pedal them but oh i've just been to so many damned you know you can make lots of money seminars real estate own your own business buy this franchise sell this soaper product and they all invariably have the same pitch. I was living in my car under a rock doing heroin, and then I found this product, and I worked really hard, and now I'm a millionaire, mm -hmm. and you can too. And it's it's like a book on how to pick up women. Uh, oh, boy, I know he's on that again. God forbid you ever read your standard textbook on how to pick up women. All women are the same. Here, my technique is, God, all women are the same. This will work on all of them. It, it's like... It makes me makes me upset. Uh, no, actually, let me rephrase that. I'm not upset to be a member of the male species. I'm upset that I can't go beat the crap out of these people legally for poisoning other men's minds and treat, you know making scads of cash, teaching them dumb crap that doesn't work and it's going to make them look like idiots. So in that same way, all of that past training from seminars came up. It's like, oh, here comes Becky. I know I want, and you used all the buzzwords, buzzwords, financial freedom. Don't know mm -hmm. what I want to do, man. I could have just handed you the tickets to any motivational seminar, and you would have walked out three thousand pounds lighter. I don't know. I don't care where the money would have come from. You would have found a way to go. Oh my God, this is it! Because it would have sold you on the dream of what you could be not finding who and what you are and what's right for you and and yes that's why it was so grr and i and as much as this may not be entertaining i want everybody listening when you're going to manifest your 2016 you know fuck all the luxuries all right unless you're rolling in it you just want to oh, i want to manifest a yacht well well good for you but for everybody else i just want i want you to manifest what and who you want to be what you want to do what do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. Uh, whatever it is you want to do. I know it's, 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 a, it's a sickness, but we'll get through it. I want you to manifest who and what you want to be, and, and I want you to manifest what you want to do. And that was my thing with Becky, because uh, there's all kinds of ways to make money out there. Hell, all you got to do is answer an ad in a paper, show up, you got a job. 
I mean, there's more to it, but that's basically the employment process. We want something more than employment. Uh, we want something where we have a great appreciation for what we do. So we actually look forward to doing it. We certainly want to be paid because you know, we don't want to be scrounging for scraps. Oh, I can't afford to eat, but I love what I do. That's no recipe for, for success. So the very first step of, of manifestation is making sure that you're manifesting what you want, not just so overcome with a desire for something or a shiny trinket that you get it and and yay, you know, it's nice to have it, but then it leaves you empty and hollow. Becky, you, you got to take over. Is this making any sense? I know I'm ranting, but uh... did I lose you, Becky? I think I get a bit ranty with manifestation. I get you some too. I'm okay. Here. Do me a favor. Take your headset and just bang the crap out of it but, and then put it yeah. back on so we can hear you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm okay. Bangs. Okay. Well, now I'll have to buy a new one on Amazon, but um, or wherever they have in the UK. Okay. What do you think? I mean, like you know, um, it, it can help people who are listening. Well, I mean, like like you were saying, I think I would get ranty in my own way, and you know, I think the important. I think it's kind of realizing that, like, I think, uh, you know, my kind of knowledge, which was extremely limited, and I would be embarrassed to list some of the books that I had read to get to that point, was almost that kind of manifestation was for the new pair of shoes or the something else or the something else. And it was realizing that it can actually bring the big real changes to your life for the things that you kind of you really need at that particular point um you know that that's what it's that's what it's there for and people can use it for the little things they can use it for the big things they can use it for the major life changes and also to go back to something you just said with manifestation specifically one of the things you said to me way back in the beginning when you first started um teaching me and I remember you getting really cross of me and at the time I was a bit kind of oh I thought this was a really good way to be because you told me I was too content and <laughs> I got a, I got a massive te I got a massive telling that. off it, yeah it's when I was having my private lessons of you and I was told you told me that I was too content and at the time I was kind of like well I've got this very nice little life and I live in my little flat and, you know, I go camping once a year and I've got my kids and it's kind of a happy little bubble. What's wrong with being content? And of course, ever since then, I actually owe you a big thank you for planting that seed of discontent because I want more and I'm going to get more because purely and simply this, although this little life that I have is lovely, I want more than this little life and it's not a greed thing. A lot of it comes from a pure necessity because when you're struggling to find the money to feed three adults, which I essentially am now with my kids being teenagers, I don't like struggling to find money to feed my children. That's that's as serious as it comes sometimes. So I think the thing I will never forget that comment. And it's one of those comments that I kind of would pass on to anybody in the fact that don't be too content 
because being too content, you're coming from the wrong platform. And it's like you said earlier, I'm at the point at the moment where I am standing there stamping my feet and shouting because I'm done with my situation as it is. And by standing there and putting the work in and employing the techniques that you teach and stamping my feet and shouting, things are already starting to work. And like I say, it's like you do it through sheer force of will. At the moment, I'm impossible to ignore. I'm not sitting here whispering. I'm screaming and shouting and I'm being that toddler on the floor that gets their own way just because the parents will do anything to shut them up. That's who I am at the moment. So I think with people, I don't, I, there's nothing wrong with being happy, but don't, like you said, taking your eye off the ball. I've done that. I know how to do this. This is where I'm almost embarrassed with myself for the fact that, you know, I'm I'm almost doing this manifestation because it's come because as you say I got lulled into this kind of oh I've got the job now and I'm driving around in my car and it's kind of it's fine and then you hit the point where you're like actually it's not fine but I had to kind of give myself a kick to get going again which is what I'm doing now so I is firmly back on the ball yay um I want to take umbrage with the whole um power of gratitude thing and you watch my uh, my next girlfriend's gonna be like total white light hippie she'll walk around with fairy wings on all the time a little <laughs> halo on it i know I, it's gonna be my curse um for all you white lighters i love you all my my best friend in the world um nancy uh, used to go to all the 1111 conventions if you don't know what they are ooh, type it up i mean you literally would go to Machu Picchu, you know, with a whole bunch of people she never met, get in a little circle and climb up Machu Picchu and welcome the aliens and all that stuff. And I, I, you know, I love white lighters. What I don't love is this new age faux white lighter stuff that all you have to do is think happy thoughts or be thankful for everything. And, and all these, uh, my favorite, of course, are the unnamed Irish billionaire rock stars. Uh, and, and British ones that are preaching to us from their gold-plated Cadillacs. Mm. Well, actually, I don't know the Cadillacs are so passe. That we should be nice to each other and be happy. Was it whatever it was we happy? We could be happy with less. Um, you know, while they're breaking in uh, millions of dollars after they've broken up with the band because their bandmates are just basically sucking their wallet dry. I'm like, you know what? I don't like New Age propaganda. Yes, I, I, I preached about the uh, granted about the power of uh, saying thank you and how it's just nice to be a good person and, and you know go through, go through life you know it'll work out well, but the power of gratitude is more hindsight. If you need something, you need to be demanding. So I want to talk about the power of discontent as far as. You know, hey, you want to you want a manifestation, you want to make something work. If you cannot manifest or muster up inside yourself discontent, gods aren't gonna listen to you. There are seven billion people on this planet, or however many it goes up and down, you know, more up than down hopefully, but however, you know, again I'm not a population control expert. But that's a lot of people. And that's a lot of people that not just are saying me, 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 but it's a hard world out there. We have people who are actively working against us. Sorry. And then we have other people that probably would like to help us. Maybe they're busy helping somebody else. And I mean, you know, it's just 
it's like being a fish in the ocean. There are sharks out there. Well, let's try to stay away from them so we don't have to worry about them so much. You know, don't go down that dark alley. So when I say there's people out there working against us, I don't want to be, you know, to be doom and gloom, but I want to say that this whole thought that everything's happy and fine and all I have to do is think happy thoughts and, and say thank you, you know, for stuff you don't even have, that doesn't work. You know, you're going to starve before you do that. And so one of the uh, big secrets uh, that we do not teach to the public, I say we, I'm talking for all of us, you go to the, you go to the real schools. We don't teach the power of discontent. And, and it's for exactly for the reason that you brought up, Becky. It's so easy to cross that line and to go from discontent into greed. And you haven't. Uh, not not by my reasoning. I can't, you know, be a no. judge of that. But you know, give me the benefit of the doubt. But I think it'd be pretty obvious if you did. Um, but the fear of crossing over from discontent into greed is what takes people who are, and when I say white lighters, these are people who are on the path. These are people who are who are trying to be a, a better, more evolved person. They're they're trying to make their world a better place and in so doing they radiate out radiate out this this wonderful goodness i want all of them to be taught properly and i don't want them to be sucker punched with all this new age marketing crap that that's you know sounds good on paper but at the end of the day or end of the year just leaves you buying more new age crap without any uh, you know physical tangible results so to those people if any of them are listening um be discontent. Um, know your needs. Know your uh, desires. And, and uh, you know, I, again, I can't tell you how to live, and I won't, but I will tell you very strongly that um, until you become dissatisfied with what you have and where you're at, you can't move to a higher sphere. Uh, this works on every level, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. And there's nothing wrong with the power of um, uh, what is it? well, psychic magnetism, but breaking it down into yeah. you know non non student terms, people who haven't heard this before. It's the the law of repulsion. There's nothing wrong with you know the, Becky, if a creepy guy, and I didn't, no offense to creepy guys, but let's see, he's like just fresh out of jail um, and rather bum clothing and drooling and he's like hey and he doesn't approach you like oh would you like a cup of tea um i, I think it's okay any woman in her right mind should say it's okay to go i no i do not uh, i don't have five minutes to talk to you I do not would not want to go down that dark alley with you it's okay to push away what we don't like here would you like a steaming plate of poo why no get that away from me i do not like green eggs and ham with poo on them um so in that sense, physically, metaphysically, the same thing. We are allowed to push away that which we don't want. We do so in harnessing the so-called law of repulsion. Um, so it's not one-sided. We don't just think happy thoughts and then magically they glue themselves to us. If, if that were true, we wouldn't have statements like if wishes were horses, the beggars would ride. As a matter of fact, we wouldn't need any type of uh, financial assistance because all any of us would have to do is think happy thoughts and people would just throw themselves at us. So we're trying to get this done the right way. So please work on your power of discontent. Uh, we'll go to that uh, more in class. But um, I want to bring up something. I know 
Oh, excuse me. We've been talking about some various things. I've tried to keep notes on what we're talking for the show notes. But uh, Lori, uh, thank you, Lori, if you're listening, uh, emailed me because I sent out that email. So I just popped this open earlier today. And she said that um, she still struggles putting cards together for reading and would love help with that. Well, specifically, that is exercise 10. The never-ending story that well I don't know Becky I can say it but I, I know I come to you uh, unscripted you think okay wait I'm gonna stop because here's a new idea um, in as much as you can you know can because I don't expect anybody to trust us but hopefully they do so I'm gonna just say I, I trust you to be honest uh, in as much as you can um, can you let me know Thinking specifically about Exercise 10, The NeverEnding mm-hmm. Story, which is in The Easiest Way to Learn the Tarot Arbor. It's in the white book, not the not the black advanced book. That's got other secrets. Uh, well, secrets and exercises. But in that book that everybody listening hopefully has, we have a Exercise 10. Uh, do you feel, and it, please, please, please say no if, if you have any doubt, but mm. do, you have, do, you, do you feel that that uh, has helped you uh, move beyond this card means this, this card means this, and make your readings flow more. Yes. I mean, it's one of my, and this is completely unscripted, um, it's one of my favourite, favourite exercises, A, because it gives me a chance to talk and not shut up without drawing breath, which is one <laughs> of my favourite things ever. But no, I do, because I I used to do that. And way back before I started learning with you, and we've talked about my various how not to read the tarot um, mistakes that I've made. But one of the biggest problems I had was the flow. And it was everything from when you're actually sort of giving someone a reading, it was having it was building up that natural flow. So that is a technique in itself. So almost almost take away, you know, reading the cards in front of you and interpreting the spread and everything else. Take that away as an actual learning technique. It is a skill in itself having that kind of running dialogue. Um, And that exercise is very, very good for that. It's also very good because, um, you know, I used to very definitely be, okay, so this is card one in card position one, so this means this, and then this is card position two, and this means this, and then this means this, and it was very, it was almost like, say with the example of the Celtic Cross, it was almost giving like 10 or 9 kind of mini readings in itself, but they weren't quite linked, it was like I was linking them by the odd sentence, but it wasn't really a flowing reading and it does it's like a river it flows in all different directions and your job is to kind of tell that story so that people can understand what it is that you know the advice they've been given and it's an absolutely brilliant exercise I mean they all are but it is personally one of my favorites it's one that you can do on your own like all of them it's really really fun to do in a group so if people can kind of get themselves study buddies or in that kind of situation it's a really fun one to do in a group but yes it does help and I think on different levels it's building up that skill just being able to talk um and like I say it's it's telling a story I mean it's like turning the pages of a picture book if I was reading to the boys when they were little and went okay that's the end of that page 
stop we're going to sit here for five minutes now okay this is the next page they're going to get bored really quickly so you know learning to get to develop that flow but obviously doing it in the context with the tarot cards as part of the exercise it's brilliant absolutely brilliant for that and like the way you've designed all of the exercises you're training your brain so that when you're then in a real life reading situation it just comes naturally and it's a fluid process Hello. Ha ha! I had you on mute because I was um. Oh God! I was oh, I was writing it. notes. Sorry about that. Ha ha! Now everybody knows. Like that's what it sounds like, Becky, when your voice gets out. Um. Th yes. Thank you. Um. Just to be clear, because I I I, I know my book sales. I know how many thousands of books I sell every month and year, and which ones. So, not to boast, just saying. Thank you to everybody, by the way, Bruce, very, very much appreciated for your trust and for trying out the white book, the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. Uh, I you know, appreciate it. I'm here to help you and, and thank you for trying it out. Um, n comparatively, about one third. Actually, maybe not. I think it actually was about one third. Now it's down to about like one fifth. One-fifth, maybe 20% of the people uh, right now that are buying the white book uh, eventually get around to buying Advanced Tarot Secrets. That's the black book. If you happen to have an extra $20 of Christmas money laying around, I beseech of you. Here's my ceremonial magic days. Oh, Adonai, I beseech thee. Oh, God, it's, it's a long story in itself. Um, Pick up a copy of Advanced Tarot Secrets. There are exercises in there that I think are even more fun than the, than the basic ones. But the advanced spread techniques, the uh, pre-spread mental walkthrough, which, by the way, I have a whole podcast on. You can learn that. And it's free. Um, and um, uh, Batman and Robin. Oh, oh, sorry, that was in the first episode. Hero and Sidekick. Yeah, that one. Uh, sorry, there's your comics. And um, and uh, so, yeah, priority course, but uh, advanced spread techniques of patterns and hidden spreads. And then, of course, pass forks with four pass reading where you go through one spread. You go go through it and you go to, through it again three more times. And your client's like, wait, they already wrote those cards. Like, Shut up. Won't watch. And by the time you're done, they're there. It's going, oh, my God, I never knew that you could pull so much information out of these cards. And all of this stuff applies to me. It's not, you know, it makes them feel literally that you're telling them stuff that they can they can look at and go, yes, this applies to me. You're not just making this up. How did you know all this stuff? So that's really where Lori wants to get to. And it all starts with, if you've got the white book, you can start right now. You can develop your skills. Yes, the blending, the this and that, the this uh, versus that, all those you know types of exercises in the white book are very, very important. They're essential. The exercise 10 really helps. Exercise 11 is great because you can throw them up on the wall. But that never-ending story, that's your start. Once you master that, please don't think that's all there is to it. Once you have those, go into the black book, do those new exercises, and as quickly, you know, without rushing, as quickly as you can, read through just to see what the advanced spread techniques are. Because um, she says, I still struggle with putting the cards together for reading and will help with that. Um, this is... 
this is exactly what's going to make that happen. So it's a little from column A, a little bit from column B. Yes, column A is important. Most of you already have the white book. Please stay with that. Don't you know? You don't need to run out and buy something else. But once you master this, please grab a copy of Advanced Tarot Secrets. It will change your life. I'd say it changed your religion, but some people might actually get offended by that. But is that good? Um, now to prove our point. Uh, we're not really going to have a lot of time to tell you everything we are doing, but we're going to lead by example. Um, again, talk about unscripted. That's the best way to be, right? Sagittarius and Gemini. Yeah, we'll just do whatever. Um, so, okay, I'm going to pull a card. You pull a card and go. Oh, page of cups reversed. I win. What'd okay. Uh, the sun. Oh, damn it. I already said I win, but it doesn't. Yeah, I think yours trumps mine. You peaked, you peaked too soon. <laughs> hey, hey, that was kind of punny, funny, punny. Oh, God, it was, that was a bad pun. Uh, because, you know, uh, it's youth, youth peaked too soon, too early. Uh, reversed page. Wow. I mean, mm. folks, I'm here all week. Uh, try the clams. Very nicely done. So what I want to do here is, now that I know you have your cards, because ha, I was clever that way, i uh, going to go news. Ugh, I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try oh, No, I, I don't want to just keep telling people to go to news Google. But um, if I go any other one, it's, I'm always disappointed because it's nothing but ads. I just want to get a quick – oh, I know what I'll do. I'm going to type in – P-O-L-I-T-I-C-A-L news. Hopefully it won't be too right wing, left wing, whatever. I don't know. Okay. Oh, this is going to piss people off and I really want to. Okay. So I'm staring at Google. All I typed in was political news. So I'm actually looking at a Google page. I'm not looking at the article. I'm not looking at anybody, any slant. There's mm -hmm. just a picture of the Donald. Little yeah. tiny one, and it says Donald Trump's first TV ad focuses on immigration. So, oh. real life, real reading right now. Uh, and again, on an unpleasant situation because remember, we get paid for this. We're not here to read because we want to, you know, it's like I want to be a prostitute, but I only want to have sex with rich, generous people who I like and will treat me well and they'll come back every week. But if I'm not feeling into them or I want to date with somebody else, it's like I, I again, no offense to prostitutes, but I don't think that's how it goes. So in that same sense, I don't want us to feel like, oh, well, we can only read for happy people and only read things that are fun and happy. And if somebody has cancer, uh, we, we don't talk to them at all because we know. So I, I want you guys to read unhappy things and I want you to read scary things. I want you to, I want you to use your abilities to make this place a better world. And whatever you're feeling, you know, whether you, or left, right, center, or European. You know, I like Donald Trump. I hate Donald Trump. I don't give a crap about Donald Trump. Or, hey, I'm European. <laughs> you know, we got our own problems. Go away. Whatever it is, um, I just want to take three cards. I, I don't even want to read this stupid article. Uh, it's in the New York Times. Donald Trump's first TV ad focuses on immigration. Now, my bias is like, oh, God, oh, no, this this can't be good. You know, but, but again, that's just to show you my particular point of view. I don't like telling people my 
political point of view when I can, because I've learned the hard way that my crazy leftist ideals will piss off a lot of my right wing friends. Um, make, we can still be friends. Like, ah, so all I'm saying is, you know, you're doing this thing. And this is a, another thing I like about reading about politics is it forces you to read for people you like, you know, the candidate that you like and the candidate that you don't. But and because you'll have clients, Becky, uh, I don't know how much you've done reading for other people, but have you come across and that's OK, they're not listening. Have you come across somebody who's a tough client or yeah. dare I say somebody that you probably wouldn't like so much every day? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. Well, no, not a lot, actually. I don't like anybody. No, 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 that's that's not fair. But yes, one or two do stand out just because they were particularly hard work, but quite unpleasant people with it. Right. So these people exist. It, it's a sad fact. Not everybody can get along with everybody else. We will form as history has taught us that. So this is why we form camps. It's like we kind of move away from the people we don't like and we hang around the people that we like. Hopefully this doesn't go to extreme, you know, into wars. But the thing is that as a counselor, like a counselor, a police, a fireman, uh, yeah, I mean, there's certain industries where you don't really get to go, ooh, I'm not feeling it. I'm not going to do my job for you. So like if you're at a psychic fair or something and you've got a line of people and somebody comes up and they pay you the money and, and like you've committed to giving reading halfway through if you decide you don't like them, really the best thing you can do, uh, unless, I mean, you know, if it's just a mild annoyance, give them a good reading, work your butt off for them. If you absolutely think that you were the wrong person for the job, shove their money back at them, be very kind to them, try to get them first in line to have somebody else read for them. You know, there's no sense being a jerk about it. But for example, here, I want us to be fully prepared so that when you do, you know, the next time you meet somebody and you're in the reading, you're like, ah, this, just, this person just rubs me the wrong way. I want you to be able to disassociate any personal bias or feelings that you have um, and give them the best reading you can. And this is where as you advance in skill, you'll be able to tell um, during the reading, before the reading, if something is wrong, if this person has nefarious plans, if this person is not someone you should be giving a reading for. And, you know, you'll have to handle that when you do. But until we develop our skills to that level, it is so easy for us to um, make the wrong judgment about somebody um, that I don't want to train my students or even people who listen to me for free, I don't want to train them to be emotionally uh, reactional robots. Oh, I had a bad feeling about that person. You know, I can't read for you because just because we have a bad feeling about somebody does not make them a bad person and doesn't mean that we are always psychically correct. Do you know what I mean, Becky? Yeah, I do. I mean, one of the things that um, I learned was I think I was probably more judgmental than I gave myself credit for and that was one of my many hurdles that, not that I gave myself credit for that's the wrong that's completely no actually I, I kind of like that that's in, in a twist but I was I was kind of you know people would come to you with um 
you know, situations and questions they wanted answers for. And I would feel myself reacting because it was so far removed from my personal view of the world. And that's something that I've had to learn to sort of almost put to one side. So when you're saying about unpleasant people, you can have unpleasant people, like the example we're discussing at the moment. Um, but you can also have people sitting in front of you and it's purely and simply something as simple as their particular life philosophy is the polar opposite of yours. And you have to realise that you're, you know, you're there to do a job. And like you say, I don't agree in struggling through and plodding through and ploughing through if it resonates so strongly that you just cannot do it because then you're the wrong person and you are better off saying thank you very much, you know, go and see the lady over there or I can recommend this person for you but it that's been an interesting learning curve is realizing there are going to be people in front of you and not everybody holds your the same kind of moral this makes me sound ridiculous because I'm not that person but you know they don't have the same moral standards or anything else so it's kind of yes you're right I think this is something that people do need to learn and it's almost like you you need to practice with people that you don't like just to kind of experience you know, it's it. just, it's just um, self-honesty that you're expressing that I'm hoping people are really getting to see that if they can make this journey within themselves and unfortunately yeah. not everybody in the world has to hear their self journey we're, we're just doing it so that they can you know, live vicariously and go, oh, okay, I just, I will be doing mine on podcast, jerk. Uh, but no, I like that brutal self-honesty because it allows, it allows you to confront it, go, you know, and shrug it off because ain't none of us perfect. Okay, fine. It's not forgiveness, it's acceptance, you know, and, and nothing wrong with acceptance. Like, okay, guess what? I was not perfect yesterday. I'll try a little bit harder today. All right, it, 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 and that in and of itself helps you take off a lot of the judgment. Um, yeah. All right, so let me throw this out here, though. What I'm going to do is I'm going to throw the first four and only the first four cards of a Celtic cross uh, spread. My pre-spread work has been focusing on Donald Trump's first TV ad focus on immigration. So I'm like, uh, what, what is the essence of it? And where is this all coming from? You know, his first TV ad. Well, I haven't been following a lot of politics, but because it's so wonderful of a subject for um, for uh, you know for lesson purposes, I uh, and, and because it's such a crazy. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm about to upset a lot of people in America, but Hillary Clinton warmed over candidate. I I mean. Eight years ago, ding, you know, but but now it's just like, oh, my God. Plus, um, there's a question, is, is she a corporate shill? Now, you know, it's, is she left enough? Now, of course, if you're on the right, you're like, well, of course she's left. She's like so left, there's no right anymore. Uh, that's what's that's what not right. There's no right anymore because of playing with words. Uh, then, then, you know, there's Bernie, way over there, but, you know, he'll probably never. Oh, of course, see, that's dismissive. Uh, and then there's your mainstream. You know, now we're on the right side. Your mainstream of people, and that's kind of a clusterfuck. And you had Donald out here. But the thing is that I like about this is that between Donald and Bernie, you know, I mean, literally polar opposites. They've done what Ron Paul couldn't do. Ron Paul was like a guy who was so libertarian. He's like, shrink the government down, whatever like that. But 
these two polar opposites have made people talk. They, 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 maybe it's a little bit, maybe it is a little bit of a sideshow, who knows, but they woke up the Americans from their stupor, you know, and I say that as American who didn't vote in the last election. What's wrong with me? Oh, I was in my stupor. Like, Oh God, it's the same old, same old, same old, because we wanted somebody who would stand up for us. And, and again, doesn't matter which side it is that's just the passion that people wanted so they became disenfranchised and disenchanted so i like the value of these rabble rousers to hopefully make people wake up they might go back to sleep after election day and just go, ah, or who knows so this is what i think is interesting is that it, it's like wet cement you don't know what shape it's going to take yet you know, they're talking about the Iowa polls and the New Hampshire polls and whatever. But what's really going to happen is two months from now, the world is going to be a lot more boring politically because we'll have this candidate's going to run, this candidate's going to run. We'll have like a year of mudslinging that nobody cares about. Um, but right now, we're, we're just throwing we're we're throwing ice cubes in a vat of uh, of flaming oil. It just it's like a popcorn machine. It's like spider pop pop pop. Does that make sense? Becky? Yes, it does. I'm sure you guys have a lot of that with um, Merkel and the whole Euro thing, and especially with Britain's tenuous love affair, hate affair with, with the whole Europe thing. And like, cause, you, know, you guys are independent, but, but you're not. So I'm going to give it from the American side, and then I want you to do the same thing with one of your political things that that'll, you know, that really gravitates to you. But all I want to do is I'm just saturate. Oh, you were talking. I was saturating myself with all of this because I just want the first four cards. I want to know what the hell is this guy doing? I don't want to know the outcome. I, I mean, because again, for sake of time, and I'm doing this all because I want to help Lori. Let me read this again. Uh, struggling with putting the cards together for reading. So I'm sure she can read each card individually. I want to see if I can take four cards, even if these cards have nothing to do with reality. For the sake of argument, I'm going to do my best to give a good four-card reading for the uh, sake of uh, showing you how to do it, how to go from these four um, disconnected cards, work together to paint a picture to show us what's going on at that speech. And, you know, card three is foundational. So it'd be his belief system where, you know, what's, was he abused as a kid? You know, would people call him a, a Scottish, you know, and then like um, uh, some insult or something? Uh, or, or you know, is he, I, I, I can't really say, I can't ask questions like, is he a, because I don't want to get sued. But, but in my head, I know what I'm asking. So, okay. So, tra-la-la, quick cut here. I don't know if these cards are going to be good, but here we go. So I got Page of Cups reversed. No, let me do it. That is a four of cups reversed. I'm looking at it. It's page of cups reversed. It's like that that card was sitting in the back of my head the moment that a card came up. It's like, oh, I gotta get back out there. So four of cups reversed. Crossing that is the uh, four of wands. Oh, we have two two fours. Uh, mm -hmm. Not counting patterns yet, but you know, four card spread. That's pretty good. Ten of cups, and then we have temperance. Now, this does not seem first thought. Again, I, I want to express uh, all of my failures, uh, not you know, not because I 
glorify a rebel and I'm, I'm, you know, it's not like we have enough time to explore all of them, but not in this podcast, but I want to show you that what I feel internally is the same thing all of you feel internally. When you throw a spread, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes you guys will instantly form a judgment. You look at the cards and they will go diametrically against what you wanted to see, what you expected yeah. to see. Other times, the cards will be like, oh, yeah, that's right. In this case, I expected to see chaos. I expected to see a zoo. I have card position three, the foundation cards, the ten of cups. What the hell? You know, Donald Trump's first TV ad focused on immigration. All, just that, that phrase makes me think the anger and spite and, and a lot of people calling him a racist and, and just, you know, it's going to be inflammatory. And here's this, la, 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 everybody's happy card. My God, doesn't make any sense. This, and then the, the next card is the most beautiful one of all. It's temperance. I would not put a picture of Donald Trump in Webster's Dictionary with a picture of the card uh, temperance and say, these two have the same meaning. So I have to forcibly, but actually it's quite easy, but, but nonetheless I have to very quietly, forcibly shove all of that brain crap out of the way. The way I do it is I acknowledge it. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I think of this. Okay. I don't resist it, so I don't have to fight it. But in not resisting it, I'm not letting it over, overtake me. I'm just going, okay, you've, you've had your say, and then I'm moving it off to the side so that I can have clear head. I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense to you, Becky? Yes, it does. You know, All right. So I really, really, really um, want to get to cards three and four. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make an executive decision to read these four cards in the order that I want. Um, and I'm going to go straight to temperance being the only trump card here and say that this card is the recent past. What is it specifically card position for is the recent past events that affect the situation, not just random things that happen. Temperance. I believe if, you know, if this spread was accurate or is accurate, then I believe with all of my heart that deep in his heart, Donald Trump feels he is being, and here comes the Fox News thing, fair and balanced. I feel that he feels that he is being sane, logical, yeah. respectful. I also feel like he thinks he has a plan. Again, he's a businessman and a strategist. I'm no fan of him. But again, if you're listening, Don, I don't know you. I can't be a fan. So, I, you know, you go there. I'll be over here. We don't ever have to bother each other. But when I say that I'm not a fan of him, what I'm saying is I'm not trying to butter him up. But this guy is a businessman and a strategist. This much, anybody who's seen him at all knows. And what, what's just reaching through my intuition and like pounding on the inside of my skull is that this temperance card is the key to this entire reading that this temperance card says it's not all the blah, blah, blah that's coming out. He expects to shake people up, and the more power he gets, the more calm he will be. Like the more, if he somehow squeaks out a couple of early wins like New Hampshire and Iowa, 
I think he will tone down his rhetoric is what the, the, the spread is saying because he's in a transitional mode. I think he's got like the, the Joker and Batman. I think he, Joker said it's all part of the plan. I can't help but think that this card is this. This guy's got a master plan. Again, I can't say I'm voting for him. I'm just saying this. Now, card position three has that damn Ten of Cups, which still annoys me. I want to throw it away and put down an angry card and say, yeah, Donald Trump's angry. I don't think he's angry at all. I'm with this with this Ten of Cups, and the, oh God, I hope I hope 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 this reading is true because this would be such crazy, amazing, good uh, intel to give to his political opponents. But this card says Donald Trump is actually a very happy, happy man, and he wants everyone to be happy like he is. It doesn't mean he won't use jackboots in a club to make people happy, but it says right here that he is actually operating from a position of strength, of benevolence, of of wanting everyone to see the world. You see that rainbow they're looking up at? Like he sees a grand picture of the world. And that's where I feel that these two cards work together. I don't watch any Donald Trump speeches. I try to avoid ingesting. I've never watched his TV shows. I try to avoid ingesting him. Again, my personal feelings, which are not important, is that he's kind of a negative person. Um, so that's where I'm coming from. So I'm saying all of that because for me to sit here and say all these glory, glorified, wonderful things about him feels alien to me which helps me really snip, do the sniff test on my uh, on my intuition to say this this feels exactly right. This feels like everything the cards are saying, but because it goes against my personal viewpoint, I don't feel like I'm polluting the message with hopeful, wishful thinking. Does that make sense, Becky? Yeah, it does. Okay, so enough of me explaining how my thought process works. I just wanted to make sure because I felt like it was, you know, I'm just going out there and telling everybody to vote for somebody. Um, so this card three and card four show me this is where he comes from. This is what's behind all of this. This is this is how we got to this point. Does that make sense, Becky? Yes. Now, remember, uh, what he wants out of this, what he expects, what other people think. We're not taking that into account here because we're only doing four counts, four cards. Now, the actual speech itself, I've got the the um, four of cups reversed. What I'm getting for this particular card at this particular time is that he's really trying to work on people's discontent. Matter of fact, remember what is, I, it just, just hit me, and, and this is how reading will work for you, and uh, Lori, I hope you're paying attention, is that you'll go through the cards, and as you talk this through out loud, you'll go through card and card and card, and then the patterns will form before your eyes, and they won't all come at once. I was just hit with the remember, uh, uh, remembrance, don't think that's the right word, but nonetheless, um, something just popped in my head. It's more of a more than a memory. Uh, what is it? Uh, Donald Trump's 
like uh, placard or sign came um, his slogan. Uh, I saw a blue sign that said Trump, make America great or make America great again. Like This is his thing. Um, that kind of make America great again kind of slogan seems to resonate with his worldview of the Ten of Cups where he's got the plan or not even the plan because it's, you know, everybody keeps saying he doesn't have a plan, but, but more like a vision. I, I can honestly see him having a vision, not necessarily a plan, but sometimes you know, that's what CEOs do. They're the visionaries and then they hire people to go out and make it happen. Not saying that's where you should run the country. I I don't want the job mm-hmm. either. Um, I'll just sit here and eat the popcorn and you know, watch the watch from the sidelines. But with this four of cups, the first thing I wanted to say is that he's sewing up discontent. But I think it's opposite. I think that's a reversal of what he's doing. Hence the reverse card. I think he's trying to get people out of their discontentment. I think he's trying to draw them out. I, doesn't seem like his game is I want all you people to be angry and march in the streets. He seems to be trying to draw people to a higher cause as in like he's the Pied Piper. Like he's going to lead them away from their suffering. Oh my god, that would make him like a messiah. Quick, I need a trash can. I'm going to vomit. Um... (laughs) And then, of course, the uh, the uh, four of wands have just got this grand stage, and he's supported, but but I'm mean, you know literally supported in a fortress, like they've packed the hall with people with Trump signs, specifically walled out all of the rabble. The rabble can all shout and hoot all they want outside of the fortress, but the but the fortress walls will thunder and echo. So, yeah, echo chamber. Um, so, again, this four-card reading to me says this event is going to be a huge – I don't even even supposed to be um, – uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'll have to see the ad. But um, it seems like this event is going to be directed at his supporters to say, within our tribe, I want you to feel safe. Come to my tribe. Come to my version of America. In other words, come to my house. We'll have solid borders, solid walls, and all this is reflected in the cards. And inside this house, everybody will be safe, and we're not going to worry about how crazy it is outside. So that's what I'm getting. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So here's my question. Did you see, because I can't ask Lori because she's not here, how I looked at, at the cards individually, and the more I talked about it, the more I talked it through, the more... And, and this is without really doing much like you know patterns. We didn't do any hidden spreads or anything like that. But we did see a little bit of comparison from card to card and how certain cards work together. And a little bit of Batman and Robin in there. Hero Psychic, sorry. It was kind of hidden in there. Um, but the more I did this, the more the vision evolved. I don't want anybody to think that we all sit down, throw the cards, and the first thing we do is without going through the cards, which is like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Because anybody who does that is just making things up. Um, a 10-card spread is a 10-card spread. You have to look at each card and find out how it fits. It's like doing a jigsaw puzzle. 
here's one with an eyeball and here's one with a spot and here's one with is that a cloud or is that a cotton ball the you know the more of the jigsaw puzzle that you do the more the rest of the pieces make sense but at first it's all just random shapes and numbers and uh, you know what? I like that analogy. I think that really is a good analogy, if I may say so myself, and pat myself mm. back, on on what it's like when you first throw down a spread. All right, Becky, your thoughts, please. No, I think um, specifically with answering Laurie's question, and one of the things that you've just done, which has been so useful, is you've actually sort of shared your thought processes. So it's actually sort of seeing it in action to begin with but also as you say you've just told you've kind of given that kind of there hasn't been the break you've shown how everything flows in you've shown how you kind of you go backwards and forwards and as you say you blend and everything else and you go through so if her specific question is sort of finding the or struggling with <coughs> the kind of um I can't remember the phrase she used but kind of is it linking the cards or reading the cards together i can't remember what she said in her question but you've yeah i still struggle with putting the cards together for reading so yeah yeah, yeah. so it's showing how you would then put them in together in a reading because you've got four separate cards but you've shown collectively how they've answered that particular kind of issue at hand so i think that's a good example and then also sort of piggybacking on top of that if you then go back to the exercises because you've just mentioned some of them as well it they're going to help build that process as well so it's kind of a two-tier approach yeah this is this is why i i designed the exercises was literally to mimic the stuff that you're going to do i wanted to go ahead 20 30 years in your career and say, well, what are you doing now every day? Oh, well, here, let's just do those. Because if you're going to do what you're going to do later, you're just going to get better and better at the actual process. And rather than, you know, I'm going to memorize cards and I'm going to memorize, well, this card position means this. And I'm just going to shuffle and I'm going to breathe and light a candle and go. And like, I want you, that's all nice. But what's really important is understand that. If you do it the way the pros do it from the very beginning, um, such, you know, for example, the exercises, then when you're out in the real world, a lot of this will be muscle memory. Like, oh, I've done this before. So it's not like, oh, my God, I'm actually giving a reading versus, you know, doing my practice. And I've only read ever, ever read for myself. Now, one huge thing where I completely turn it over to Becky is, you saw me struggling. I had to look at – first off, I, I told you exactly what was going on in my mind, you know, and I had to work that out. You may or may not have to do that uh, depending on the reading that you're in. We'll have good readings. We'll have t easy readings. We'll have tough readings. Occasionally, we'll have bad readings. Well, we try to minimize that. Um, but after that, I went from card to card. Now, in this particular case, I just picked the cards that I wanted. I only had four cards, and it wasn't like, this is the past, this is the present, this is the future. So, because everything was either the present or foundational. Um, and because I was going for the ultimate answer, not, you know, just saying this and then, then this, I, I could jump around. So, if, if you're in a position with a particular spread where you can jump around and you really feel the need to, do that, you know, but go over each card and don't feel that you're pedestrian or rudimentary 
by going card by card by card because that's that's just like a warm up. Uh, you ever seen baseball? I don't know if they do this in cricket, but um, there's a guy at the plate, and then there's another guy who's going to be up at bat in a moment, and he's got these round donut things that slide down on the bat to make it heavier. And he's just there swinging his bat, swing, swing, swing. He's just warming up. He's practicing so that when he gets on the base, I mean, he gets on the home plate. And even then, he's standing there looking at the picture, pitcher, sorry, looking at the pitcher, you know, practicing his swing, you know, while before the uh, the pitcher uh, throws the ball. That's no different. So these guys are making, you know, millions of dollars, sometimes several millions of dollars a year to hit a ball. If they get it in the so-called batter's box and start swinging their bat around, then they get up to the plate and, you know, uh, tens of thousands of people are watching them live. Hundreds of thousands of people are watching them on TV. They're not going up. I'm I'm just going to hit the first bat. I'm going to hit the first ball that comes my way and it's going to be a home run because I'm that good. No, sometimes they strike out. Sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll have to swing. They'll have to get their stance. Um, we're no different. You know, when those cards first come down, if you've done everything right and, you, and all that's in the book, and, and again, we've gone over it in so many podcasts, you can, you know, if you don't want to buy the book, you can go back and listen to podcasts, of course. Take the course, you know, it's a dollar. Uh, but the point is that by hook or by crook, we will teach you. Uh, you do all that, chances are you're going to have a high batting average. You know, you're going to do well um, because you've been trained for this, and because you're actually trying, and you're not, you know, you're not making rookie mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I want to take the pressure off of you, so you don't feel like you have to perform. You don't have to hit the home run off the first card. You don't have to go pull a random card. Uh, Nine of Swords reversed. Oh my God! Donald Trump wants us all, and he's going to be blah 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 blah. And you people go home, and he's going to put up nine swords, and it's going to fence, and and now give me a hundred bucks. You know, you don't have to make that first card so magical or your first pass through so amazing. You can kind of stumble around, find your feet, find your bearings, and your client's job is to allow you to work through the process, and you want to make sure that what you're saying is applying to your um, client. Now, in this particular case, I was talking about a uh, public figure, so it wasn't so much a client, um, but we were just kind of analyzing back and forth. But the same thing was that these cards needed to match up or address uh, Mr. Trump, um, which, you know, I, I, fingers crossed, hopefully they did. Now, Becky, in that same way, I want you to grab a story, do the same thing I did. No Donald Trump. I don't care if it's British. I don't care if it's celebrity. But, but just do something like that. Pick a couple of card positions. Let's say three, four, five, I don't know, whatever. I'll leave it up to you. Three, four, five card positions out of the Celtic Cross, since everybody knows Celtic Cross. And you can even pretend that the rest of the cards are there, but they're just invisible. But just tell me about that part of the spread. Because what I want to do is, point is to show Lori and anybody who's listening, in the real world, you know, like this is a real life reading. Um, because we do a lot of teaching, a lot of people say, well, I want to see you do a real life reading. Well, I just did one. I did a part of one, you know, given the, how much time it took me to talk. 
you guys can get an idea of like why my readings take so long is because I'm very thorough. Uh, just, what I did was just barely scratching the surface. Uh, anyway, Becky, blah, 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 blah. I'm great, blah, blah, blah. Um, can you jump on this, please? Yes, I'm just literally, because I want to massively swerve away from our politics at the moment because they're not particularly pleasant at the moment. No one's caused. I... To be fair, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of bounces. So I'm having a really quick look so I can find something I can um, I can link into. Uh, any celebrity stories jumping to mind? Because I don't want people to have to listen to me scrolling through for a, a news um, a news story. Celebrity stories are hit and miss. Sometimes they're great, they're funny, they're fun, and other times it's just vanities on parade. So good luck. Yeah, it's it's more. I mean, again, if people ever need proof that. Um, this isn't scripted. I'd have been a little bit more prepared <laughs> if it was in the fact that... Note to self, be scripted. Yes. Yeah, I think so. No, um, well, no I know not literally, <laughs> but it's the fact that I, I will come prepared with... Um, do you know what? My, no, I'm, I'm talking be, about me. I've, uh, oh, God, mine is as well. I'm going to be completely oh. honest. Brain has gone to mush. There are well, it doesn't no... have to be anything. Just um, um, throw together a scenario. I mean, I was hoping to do something, you know, straight up. Relevant, I know. Um, and, and I know you guys got a lot of dark stuff over there. Um, is there anything sporting, something going out to cricket or soccer or rugby? Or... How about those, uh, those, those uh, didn't they just have kids, your, uh, your spoils? Didn't they just have kids or something? Do you know what? This is where you're spooky, because while we were talking, the one thing I wanted to jump to is a newspaper article I read over the weekend where Prince William and it was all to do with the parenting of his children and how worried he was he wasn't going to be around when they grow up because of the impact that it had on him. So this is where your Jedi mind powers sometimes make me jump. So let's go with Prince William. Um and his parenting thoughts at the moment. And thank you for digging me out. Otherwise, people would have had another hour of me finding something to um, link on to. Okay, so, um, well, I'll tell you what. Because you did the um, the first four, let's do the first four again, just for the kind of continuity more than anything. Um, oh, I just want, I'm trying to, I'm shaping my... Um, question now and how I'm approaching this and actually this is interesting because a bit like with Donald Trump I've got almost in my head the cards that I would expect to see right no because I think when it's someone like a public figure there's things that you'd know so sort of if we're looking you know card position three the foundation behind all of this I've got a couple of cards in my head I'd expect to see as to why he is the father that he is now um okay so okay so i'm i'm looking at um i'm looking at this from the viewpoint with um prince william and kind of the man that he is now and the fact that he's kind of our future king and his past experiences shaping him as a man and, you know, his concerns with raising his children as a simple man and as the future king. Um, 
highlights. So. Well, if it helps any from uh, my completely uneducated opinion, he yeah. seems like a likable guy. He is. He's very, very popular. He's very popular as a royal. And, you know, he kind of, um, he's a perfect combination of both of his parents because, you know, after Princess Diana died, we, as the public, we've been, not that the press would ever take sides, but we've been, <laughs> we, in, you know, the kind of, the run-up and the breakdown of their relationship, poor old Prince Charles was very definitely painted as the kind of the villain. And, you know, he had this woman on the side and he'd only married Diana sort of almost as a brood mare to kind of produce these children. And she'd been in this loveless marriage and it was so awful and she was so unhappy and we really were. And, you know, she was very good. All the pictures we saw of the princes when they were growing up, it was all the fun they were having with their mother and, you know, how she's Those she were really pretty. powerful pictures. I mean, over here we saw, I mean, we didn't get nearly as much as you did, but it was just yeah, she was definitely A-list celebrity material. And, you know, she was very tactile, whereas the royals, as most aristocratic families are, they're not particularly tactile in public. And, you know, she was very tactile. And one of the most powerful images um, a couple of days after she died, because out the front of... Um, Kensington Palace you couldn't move for flowers and the princes had gone up to like read some of the the messages that were left and there was one image and Harry would have been I think he was 11 and he was leaning over looking at the cards and he just put his hand out knowing that his dad was going to be there because Prince Charles was behind him and Prince Charles took his hand and that one single bit of footage that was caught said more about their relationship than we had ever been shown because there was no doubt in his mind that his dad wasn't going to be there to take his hand. And the fact that Prince Charles was there to take his hand at the time that he needed it. And all of a sudden it changed it. So, you know, Prince William as a father now, he's actually, he's a combination of both of his parents, not just the one parent that we thought was making him who he was today. Right. So... Well, see, that's you. a good, that's a very good background. I feel like we've got a, a good base of understanding. So as you continue your narrative from the uh, cards, we'll have something to apply it to. So, so what's your question of this imaginary cultic cross spread? And here's the part is that uh, for people who don't know, what we're doing here is going into this knowing that Becky says, I'm only going to need this card, this card, this card, and this card. Well, we don't need to have all ten cards. We we said, you know, we made like a little green arrangement with, with deity or whatever you want to call the divine and said, yeah, so the top card's going to be seven and it's going to be six. And like, or, you know, whatever you're going to go. This is all going on inside Becky's head. Um, so leaving her free to, you know, ramble uh, at the mouth. Like I do. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think just to kind of be a little bit contrary, um, I'm either going to do have to do three cards or I'm going to have to do five cards because I want to look at um, card position five as well because I think that says, that will say 
an awful lot about um you know how he is as a father so i think i think the question i'm asking is um okay all right talking out loud i don't Mm -hmm. want to go silent while Uh i'm going through the thinking Uh process so um i'm now at the point where i'm formulating the question so i know what i want to know i just want to kind of nail this down and you're shuffling while you're while you're focusing even though you haven't formed the question you're still kind of shuffling it's all part of the process yes um so no i'm sorry i should have i don't know whether you can hear them but i've been shuffling while we've been talking this through as well and like you said as well when um when you said one of the first ones you're sort of projecting that picture and all of a sudden I've got pictures of the princes as when they were children and it's kind of building up. And there was a, a photo that was in the paper the other day of Prince William Cape kind of and the, the two kids in the garden. And, and this is how you natural. this is everybody listening. This is how you psychically make that connection. This is how you make that bond with your client or the question or whatever. This is the difference between somebody walking in. He's like, uh-huh, ask me a question. OK, so shuffle, throw a few cards, blah, blah, blah. This is where the real money is. This is how, like, the I, I say the real pros. Uh, there's so many people out there that take money doing this, and they can call themselves professionals. But this is what the royals do. This is, you know, this is what the high and mighty people throughout history have always paid for, is for people like us to sit and take our time and put ourselves in the place where we shut everything else out our world is that awareness, that question. We're reaching out literally like a rabbit out of the hat. And all we want is the rabbit. So giving you some time vamping a little bit, but please go ahead. No, I, I do you know what? I, I want to ask this question now for my curiosity more than anything else. Sure. Um, in the fact that what given is the we question? were given, given that, okay, the question that I'm asking is what kind of father am given okay wait, let's try this again Prince because William. you totally cut out <laughs> sorry one more time please oh sorry it's your microphone you've got a, you got a loose wire or something i want to know that william really is okay we are really are having technical difficulties I here got... uh, becky can you hear me because your microphone has gone out at the moment. Yes, I can. Okay, you're you've got some kind of loose wire. I think it's the connection at your PC because it's crackling and then it pops out. But I need you to wiggle it or something and then try saying your question so that we can all hear it and then I will tell you if we miss it. Okay, my question is, what kind of father truly? is Prince William, given that he is Prince William and the future king. Okay. And the basis, have you got that? Don't move. Okay, perfect. I'm not moving. Okay. And while you've got that question, you're going to pick out which, you've picked out which cards you want out of the spread that will answer it, right? Yes. Now, because this this comes in, uh, if anybody's actually read uh, Advanced Tarot Secrets, this is uh, the technique of a hybrid spread, except... Instead of doing a hybrid spread, we are only dealing with the cards that we are interested in. So um, if you're going to go in a four, five, six, or seven, eight, nine, if you're going to go in a 
step up numerical linear order. Set that in your mind. Uh, but, you know, while you're thinking this through and shuffling and waiting for your ding, um, know more than just decide, just kind of know and feel what the right order of each card, you know, because they're going to come out one, two, three, right out the top. So know which which position each card will come out in order so that you're making it very clear to the gods what it is that you're asking. Not just yeah. the question, but but how you want, well, this is going to be, this top card's going to be card five. And then, so the, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, I will shut yeah. up. Please do your magic. And uh, people have to listen to silence. It might be a blessing at this point. <laughs> okay so what kind of what kind of father is prince william and i want um card position three because um you know underlying it all is obviously uh his childhood and how it shaped him i want card position four because recent events have been becoming a father and there's various other things that have happened with him that's kind of um shaking him as a father at the moment Card position five, because obviously that's kind of um, shaping his whole view on parenthood. And then I'm going to jump to card position 10 because um, it gives kind of that snapshot of him as a yes. father with the children. Um, because it's all what's what's very key with him at the moment is age and how long it's been since his mum died and the fact that he's got kids now so I think it's all hitting home at the moment bless him um I'm trying not to move <laughs> and shuffle as well just um, focus on the question primarily yeah um okay so right there we go now while she's doing that this is the hardest part is where we have to transition from talking to our client, explaining what's going on, or figuring out what it is that we're doing. And then all of a sudden we have to like magically flip a switch and go, okay, now I'm in zone, I'm shuffling and shuffling. And sometimes we jar ourselves mentally and then that we feel like we've snapped out of a trance and we can't get the ding. We're not, you know, so the thing is to, to be gentle with your psyche, to, to not... You know, watch your awareness to make sure it doesn't lurch left and right. Literally, like if you're in the middle of a reading and somebody runs and starts shouting and it throws your train of conversation. That's kind of what it is like when internally when you're jostling about too much. So as I'm vamping here for Becky, I'm hoping that she's just really focusing in on our cards um, to give her the best chance, even though this is just an example, of the right yeah. cards coming up. So keep shuffling or deal them out or let me know when you're done. I'm We're all cool here. No, they're, they're dealt out, but this is a very good example, I think, because although this is the is a podcast, I think there's danger because while we were talking, I felt pressure of going, oh, my God, you're waiting for me and everyone else is waiting for me and I have to just throw something out. And I've had to sort of squish that side. So I think it's quite important as well for people to realise that and if you are sat there for five, ten minutes you know, until you get that ding, that's what you need to do. You don't bow to the pressure because it's getting a little bit uncomfortable because then you've just destroyed any work that you've done. So, ever. 
Um, okay, so I, while I was shuffling, and I've obviously asked the question, and I've obviously chosen which card positions, and I know what the card positions are representing, and I know how I want to read them. Um, and primarily, I want to start with card position three. Before so you do that, real of, quick. Yeah, sorry. Just in case it slipped by everybody. Becky did a perfect example of a pre-spread mental walkthrough. If you don't know what that is, get a copy of Advanced Tarot Secrets. Also, I think we did a podcast on it. Uh, but if you take my course, 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 or you've read that, you probably said, "Hey, that's some pre-spread mental walkthrough. That's some, that's some pretty hardcore pre-spread work there." So it was nice that uh, that we had an example of that. We can point to that and say, see, this is, this is literally what we teach in, in class. This is so much more than just, eh, hang out. So again, very happy with Becky. Okay, oh. shorting up again. Uh, what is uh, what is card position three? Or what, what okay. showed up there? Um, okay, so I've got the Ace of um, Pentacles reversed. Um, and this is obviously kind of, I mean, I right. My biggest problem, just so I can stop this, because it's an example to explain biggest problems, is I all my it's, and this is exactly what Laurie was saying to you. It's not so much in a reading situation, but now I'm having to verbalise my thought process where I want to go quiet for a minute while I do it. So I'm going to try and verbalise the thought process because I've looked at this, and as a very quick kind of snapshot you know, I've kind of almost got my answer, but breaking it down with card position three being kind of what's underlying all of this and, you know, what is making William the father that he is, I can see why, because it's almost like he had it all. And in, you know, if you think of the, um, you know, if you think of the Ace of Pentacles and it's almost that kind of turn of fate, it's winning the lottery. It's that it's sudden and it's yeah. quick and it's happening now. And it's almost the fact that he had that turn of fate that one night that his mother went out in the car. If you're going to ignore the conspiracy side, went out in the car, wrong person, wrong time. And she died. And, you know, he'd gone to bed that night and his world was as it should be. And he woke up that morning and his world had changed in a second and everything he had had just fallen away. And this kind of golden life that these boys were living was gone. Well, and also turn just real quick, flip that card so it's right side up. Yeah. Now, if we look at that, just like you're saying, but we look at that as a before and after, I don't know, like digitally, because I've had this on my screens, so I've looked up. Yeah. Doesn't that, in some way, remind you of like a bird's nest? I mean, if we want to go monotheistic, Judeo-Christian yes, thing, it's like. There is like literally there's the hand of God just holding you it's like literally and, and he's the golden child, which no offense, but technically he kind of was. And yeah, so exactly what you're saying. I mean, not to not to read your spread, but just to enhance that. Holy crap. What a is a, as a before picture. It, it just reinforces everything you said is, is what it seems to me like. So thank you. So under underlying in terms of, you know, the underlying process and all yes. this that's made him the father is the fact that he has experienced as a child losing everything. And from there, which is where 
thank the gods the cards decide to play ball um with card position for the recent past i've got the four of swords reversed and you know one of the things that he's been doing since you know he's had his kids so in his very recent past is he's completely changed how he is he still does his royal duties but we don't see an awful lot of him unless he's out and about doing a royal duty. So what he's done is he's picked up the kids and he's picked up Kate and he's living on a lovely country estate in Norfolk. And they're in the middle of nowhere and they're near her family. And the children are having as normal a childhood as children can have. They play, they go to the local nursery, obviously with kind of several security guards and whatever around. But mm-hmm. And he's... With the four of swords and with reversed, you know, it's a very kind of when you if you go into a lot of the big old churches and the big cathedrals in England, you see these amazing stone tombs with these effigies on the top. And you can go in and you can see Henry VIII and you can see Elizabeth I and Mary, Queen of Scots. And, you know, a lot of our royalty, you go in and they're in these tombs and you see their effigies on the top and of course what he's done he's flipping the way the royals have done things completely on its head because he's not his children aren't public you know in the past we've watched royal children grow up at every single step of the way we watched it with him and harry you know we saw their first days of school we thought that we saw their first days at nursery we saw them when they were out at theme park or then when they went to feed the ducks we saw them when they were taken to sort of visit people in hospital it was a very very public childhood and he has completely changed that so it's almost kind of everything that's happened to him he's taken the kind of he's learned from that and decided no this isn't for me so this card to me is very royal because it's just all it's shouting to me is the royal effigies in churches and he's just gone no this this isn't happening anymore now and he's flipped that on his head so like I say his children we get to see a picture of them probably once every six months so you know what they look like but it's very rare that we get to see them and when we do it's very controlled and it's almost kind of right I'm going to give you enough so you can see but then you leave us alone and I think because he is the man he is the British public respects that and leaves him to it um and of course now going from there going up to car position five and kind of the view that's shaping it all you know what what's doing it for him above and beyond all of this is the fact that you know I've got the two of swords reversed and you know he he lived in this gilded bubble and for this one for me the gilded bubble's still there but the fact that it's reversed he's kind of created it so you know with with the childhood that he had that shaped him as the person he is now. Like I said, it was, they were almost pawns. They were pawns. They weren't kind of children. And they, they were, they were used as kind of, especially by his mother, bless her. They were used as kind of, um, to, to win our sympathy. Um, you, you know, I mean, as the public to kind of rally to her cause And it was very definitely we were only seeing what we were shown and we weren't really forming our own opinions. And, you know, this to me, the fact that it's reversed, it's suddenly 
are, you know, if you tip her upside down, literally, those swords are going to fall out of her hand and the blindfold is going to come off. And I think he is what one of the things that's driving him with his children is they're not pawns. They are his children first and foremost and beyond anything else. So, so let me this, make sure I've got this right. Mm. Card position five is the. Oh, gee, I don't hear you say it, so I don't screw it up. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, um, card position five is kind of his feeling. No, in what, all of what, this. I'm sorry, what card is it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> the two of swords reversed. Right. Okay. I want to make sure. Yes. Is, um, cause I was going to say, this is a lot of, um, very rebellious. It's very, um, it's almost sex pistols in a way. It's just turning everything up on its, on its ear. But but with, but you know, do you know what it is? Voice. Yes. That's exactly what he's doing. But he's doing it without doing what Prince Harry's done. Like when Prince Harry has children, uh-huh. Prince Harry would be sticking a finger up to the world and going, "These are my kids," <laughs> and he would. Right, These right. are my kids. I'm going to do it my way. Off your trot, my love. Whereas <laughs> William's done it very considerately. Yeah, and really he's found that balance. Very yes. And he's found that balance between knowing what the British public needs, but primarily his children are more important than anything else. Um, And funny enough, all of a sudden with this, the image that suddenly jumped into my head with this card, there's a very, very classic image of Princess Diana when Prince Charles first met her. And it was incredibly well taken. And she stood there as this very shiny, the sunlight was going through her skirt. So you've got this very virginial woman and she was wearing this kind of light coloured skirt and the sunlight went through and it kind of accentuated her legs. So it was this kind of sexy virgin that was being kind of sold to everybody. And the fact I'm suddenly sort of seeing this woman where upright it is almost the kind of Diana who had her children and, you know, she had her light skirt. And we again, we were shown this view that we wanted to see, whereas the fact that it's reversed, William again is doing the complete opposite. The only control where his children are concerned are the fact that he's deciding how much we see. They're not pawns in all of this. His children are his children. The control comes in seeing what we as a public of their childhood and then jumping to position 10 which is kind of him as a father encapsulated for me in terms of their childhood i've got the knight of cups reversed knight which makes cups reversed one second knight. make sure everybody's got that yes okay thank you the knight of cup reversed which having seen what we've seen with the other cards to me makes absolutely perfect sense because again he has tipped royal parenting on its head and he's tipped it on its head in the fact that emotions are now coming through whereas before they didn't and in some respects this is where I think when people are listening sometimes you know you know when you say don't ever do prescribed readings and don't ever do key words so following through the yeah, thought process don't in my head, I've got this, on. Yeah. no, because I've got this tiny, tiny voice in my head kind of going, this isn't necessarily what the King of Cups is meant to put out of Cups is meant to mean. It's meant to read this and it's meant to be that. Whereas for me, all that this is 
saying to me, I'm seeing the cup upside down, everything flowing out, everything's flowing now. And, you know, the simple fact that I think him as a father and having just done the couple of cards that we've done, so we haven't even done a full Celtic cross, you can kind of see how he's got to where he is and what he's doing and why he is the way he is. So, you know, card position 10, William as a father, he's now turning royal parenting on its head and he's bringing the kind of emotional support in that his children need. But he's the one that's driving it. He's not allowing the press and public opinion and public want to drive it or indeed the royal family. So he is a rebel. Well, let me, let me stop you right there because I want to hear everything you have to say, but... Over the last five minutes, he said some things, and I just wanted to throw out what you're telling me, if I was if I was the client, how yeah. this is uh, impressing me, how you know what impression I am getting, because this will lead me to ask you questions. So my first question is, or statement, as it turns out, um, is what I seem to be getting is everything you said points to the qualities. If we were to take a blank slate, a big chalkboard. All right, class, what properties do we want in a king? A man who decides for himself, a man who's above peer pressure, a man who's not into politics and, and smarm and doing whatever the public or the royal aristocracy or corporations or whatever want. It's like what you're describing to me, the actions here seems to be the ideal of a British monarch, no offense to whatever you guys got going on over there, but it seems mm -hmm. like this seems to be exactly what your country needs most. Does that make sense? Yes. Like you're describing a man who's literally not going to go all Johnny Rotten, but is going to Nonetheless, he's going to be – okay, again, sorry everybody about – I'm going to get political. I don't mean to piss you off. He's going to be what Barack Obama was supposed to be when they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize. It seems what you're describing is the image that we were sold – that here's going to be a man who's going to come in and be in charge, and he's going to be of the people, by the people, for the people, but he's going to do it as a man, not as a collective or a representative of what a bunch of, um, well, royalty, politicians or bureaucrats or paparazzi wants to shape him into. Yes. Like literally a good old-fashioned renaissance kind of you know job to be done i'm waking up and i'm doing it well i've got a result stand in line and you can complain at the end of the day in the meantime roll up your shirt sleeves mister because we got work to do just kind of like a, a british john wayne kind of thing <laughs> i mean that's what i'm getting does that make sense it does it Can does. we clone oh, him? I think I think we could get a few, a rid of a few of our crazies in the Senate, and maybe uh, assuming this, you know, this uh, uh, reading is accurate, we could use some people with some kind of character like that, you know. But you know what I was going to say to you? I'm going to trust that 
my training and my practice and letting my intuition flow with the pressure of being a podcast has come through because I'm actually glad they've come through like this because I would be so upset if it did turn out to be some very cynical game and he was actually repeating the pattern of his parents in terms of what he's doing but that's not that's not what I'm seeing there at all and it's it's a new generation of royals and I think he, how he is parenting his oh right okay do you want a really pretentious analogy that's just popped in please it's almost kind of like how he's parenting his children is essentially letting us him us know how he's going to parent us as the king of this country and the way that he's kind of treating his children now is showing what he's going to be like on the throne i'm, and I'm thinking weird... that's that's what i was going with um it, it seems yeah. like this speaks to that kind of character it's kind of it kind of casts a long shadow into the future and says you know uh, if if it's in the cards for him to you know take that position that this looks like the card the cards that come up in your spread show that this is the right man for the job yes yeah and although that wasn't the question I was asking, yes, it, yes, it does. And what's interesting, because while you were just talking then, I've just had a flick through my um, deck because all four were reversed. And, of course, I've suddenly gone, oh, my goodness, what if the deck's in, like, perfect order and I've just picked it up the wrong way around? But it's not. It's a mixture. So they were obviously all meant to come out um, the way they did. So anybody who panics over reversals, go way back to our podcast and do those because thankfully my old reversals heebie-jeebies didn't even come out (laughs) there. It's just like reading another card. So just to interject when people are going backwards, I was the person that used to absolutely freak out when the reversals came up. So, um, go back and listen to that one. Talking about, uh, themes because I'm going to interrupt. Um, all four cards are reversed, but I want to point out something and then get your opinion on it. It seemed to me that throughout uh, your uh, reading, which I appreciate very much, the underlying theme, even without seeing the cards, uh, was this is not standard politics. This is not business as usual. This is a guy kind of doing his own thing. And at some point, somebody's got to tap him on the shoulder and go, uh, hey, Bill, um, we don't do things like that. Do you see the the correlation between all these cards being reversed and the way that throughout this, you just described a continuous theme of this is not how things have been done or this is not how things were done in his childhood? Yeah. Yeah. I do, I, that's a very definite theme in the fact that he's doing things differently and he's forging a new path now because it hasn't been done like this before. I mean, even if you look at kind of his his cousins, so the lesser royals, for want of a better word, and they're starting to have children and we know an awful lot more about their children than we do about his children who are potentially future monarchs after him. So they're quite significant children as children go. Um, and he is doing things differently. It's all about shaking things up and turning it on its head, I think, as well. I like that, and and I like the way 
that you've been able to bring out this extra information. So anybody else hasn't either read Advanced Terror Secrets, you don't know about the, the poor pass spread. It's just one of the things, it's one of the passes. We, t we look at themes, um, themes and patterns and how they reinforce information. And we don't look at the themes and patterns immediately and go, oh, there's a theme or a pattern, and now we got to fit the cards to mean that. We have to make each card, um, oh, let me see if I have this right, stand and deliver. Um, did mm -hmm. I get that right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so proud of myself. Uh, we have to um, make each card report in and kind of justify its purpose and uh, reason for being in the spread. Because you think there's 78 cards, and let's say Celtic Cross spread has 10 cards, and out of this we've only used four of those. Um, so that's 74 cards that got shut out. They're outside the gates looking in going, oh, can't say anything. Mm -hmm. So if one of those cards gets taken out, ooh, it's a mad rush. You know, there's 74 cards that want to be in there. So the point is that every card in our spread is taking up space that another card could just as easily occupy or go. Um, every card, there's no free rides in, in a professionally done spread. Every card must stand on its own and contribute actual value to the spread. And then after after we've verified the spread, which we haven't talked about today, but that's for a different time, um, then we go and pass this two, three, four, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's really where this extra information comes out. This is where the color, texture, flavor of a reading um, really really comes to life. It's it's like the difference between a bland meal and a meal that is uh, and that is just seasoned and cooked to perfection and displayed uh, ornamentally. Um, that makes sense, right? Yes, it does. Oh, good. Fingers crossed. So let's wrap this up because I know we've gone like two hours and I thank you so much, Becky, for staying up. I hope to God that everybody was able to get through this whole two hours. I mean, uh, I, I I think so, but it is asking a lot for people. Like, oh, I'm gonna go do that. But a lot of good stuff today, dare I say. Um, we've seen two different spreads, two different ways of looking at things, two different ways that the spreads go. We did see a lot of the problems that come up, even among readers who've been doing this for a while. Um, we saw how we got through this. We saw themes. We saw how to answer this. Matter of fact, one thing I'd like to do, we haven't done, well, then we'll wrap it up real quick, is we, uh, I would like you to take everything you did and then do a quick pass four. Um, but before that, uh, what else? So we have uh, talked a little bit about uh, the modification. Oh, definitely back Becky's manifestation update. Huge thing. Uh, and two secrets of manifestation. Oh, also student emails. So if you guys have any uh, any questions, things that you would like personally addressed in these episodes, uh, write to me at dustywhite.net, M-E, you know, me at dustywhite.net, and say, hey, I want to hear more about this, and I will do my best to fit you in, uh, because we are always looking for fresh topics. So, Becky, real quickly... Um, pretending I'm a client, pass four, answer the question that you asked without telling me about all the cards. Okay, so the question that um, I asked was, um, 
you know, it, what kind, what father is Prince William, given that he is Prince William and he is the, the king or the future king, <clears throat> I should say. And Prince William, as a father, has turned royal protocol and the old way of doing things on its head. Primarily, you know, I think he's learned the hard way how quickly things can change. And I think that's now shaped his viewpoint as to what's really important, i.e. his children, children's well-being and them having a happy childhood. And essentially, the fact that he's experienced that kind of change in life and that split second has then brought out this very kind of lovely, genteel rebel who is adored, and he is by the public, but he's doing things his way. Nobody's telling him how to bring his children up. He's doing it his way. He's controlling the public's access to them and their access to the public, with the end result being that his children are having a genuinely happy childhood because they're being allowed to be children and they're away from all of the chaos and all of the drama and they're not pawns. I think the only reason we know what they look like they look like is because he allows he allows us to sort of see that every once in a while. So what kind of king is Prince William? He's what kind of a father? gentle royal father, sorry. He's a gentle royal rebel. He's turned the whole traditional royal parenting way of doing things on its head, um, driven by what's happened to him in the past and knowing how quickly things can change. And the end result is we've got this very kind of gentle, emotional man who's controlling how his children are brought up, but in the right way and the fact that he's allowing them to be children and keeping them out of the public eye. Excellent. For all the Americans out there, a little bit of John Wayne, a lot of Jimmy Stewart. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Becky. It's not only is it always a pleasure, but I, I really think that we hit one out of the park today. Um, and I give you full credit for that. I was using my um, brown-backed 1910 uh, 1909 deck. Um, Me which, too. Yay. Well, see, no matter <laughs> Well, these are really great. Um, I might oh, they're the best. Graduation presents. All right. Uh, have a wonderful evening. Uh, we will talk again. Um, hopefully, we'll make time for astrology. In the meantime, uh, we'll definitely uh, get together for uh, tarot. Uh, now that these drowned holidays are over, we can all get back to work. Yeah. Um, everybody else, uh, questions, emails, uh, please comment, share this podcast. Thank you for being here. And uh, Please remember to go through some of our manifestation podcasts from last year uh, and do it early because I would like you to have a full 11 and a half, 12 months to make New Year, uh, just New Year's, you know, make 2016 absolutely fantastic because we've got some big stuff coming and we're going to do well. We want you to do well, too. All right, Becky, have a great day. All right. Take care. Bye.